Today is January the 10th. Today we see Jacob the Grifter. Today, as we read through the Bible in a year, I'd like you to read Genesis chapters 28 to 30. Now, starting back in Genesis 25, we're introduced to Isaac's sons, Jacob and Esau. Uh, they're twins. Esau is the first to be born. He's very hairy, so he's given the name Esau, which means hair. <laughs> um, his brother comes out immediately after Esau comes out, grabbing onto his heel. So they name that son Jacob, which is a noun that sounds like both heel and uh, the wrestler, the supplanter, the, the, the grappler. It also means the deceiver, the grifter, the con artist. Now, in chapter 25, Jacob manages to steal Esau's birthright. The birthright of the firstborn was that uh, family possessions among two sons would be divided into three portions. The oldest son receives one extra portion, two portions, two-thirds of his father's uh, possessions. The younger son, one-third. Esau sells a hungry Esau a bowl of soup for his birthright. Later, in chapter 28, um, or in chapter 27, Jacob steals Esau's blessing from his father by disguising himself as Esau. It's interesting that Isaac thought that he would die uh, so he was ready to bless his sons. He doesn't die until well after 20 years later. Esau now says, I'll just kill Jacob. Then I'll have uh, all of my father's uh, inheritance and I'll have his blessing. So Jacob flees. He flees to a, a land that uh, his father his grandfather actually came from. He fled to where Abraham was from, where his mother was from. On his way there, uh, near a place that he names Peniel, he has uh, a vision. Now, in that vision, God says to him, chapter 28, verse 14, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I'll bring you back to this land that I promised you. Well, chapters 29 and 30 tell the story of the deceiver being deceived. He falls in love with a young lady, um, marries her, and that day the bride's face would be covered with, uh, with a cloth, with a veil, a heavy veil. Uh, he marries uh, that young lady, uh, takes her to bed the next morning, wakes up, and lo and behold, it's her sister. Uh, his father-in-law 
has tricked him, has deceived him. His father-in-law says, that's just not our way. I'll give you the younger daughter too. Just uh, uh, stay and serve for seven more years. I'll give her to you right away. So they immediately had a second wedding ceremony. And uh, for the next seven years, um, Jacob uh, served Laban, his father. He stays an additional six years after that to increase his own flock. And even though his father-in-law changed the rules of the contract many times, Jacob's flocks always prospered more than his father-in-law's. Um, the deceiver is deceived, and yet God protects and prospers Jacob. By the end of these chapters, he has 11 sons and a huge possession in terms of livestock. Enjoy today as you read Genesis 28 to 30. So Isaac called for Jacob, blessed him, and said, You must not marry any of these Canaanite women. Instead, go at once to Pananarim, to the house of your grandfather Bethuel, and marry one of your uncle Laban's daughters. May God Almighty bless you and give you many children, and may your descendants multiply and become many nations. May God pass on to you and your descendants the blessings he promised to Abraham. May you own this land where you are now living as a foreigner, for God gave this land to Abraham. So Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Pananarim to stay with his uncle Laban, his mother's brother, the son of Bethuel the Aramean. Esau knew that his father Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him to Padanaram to find a wife, and that he had warned Jacob, You must not marry a Canaanite woman. He also knew that Jacob had obeyed his parents and gone to Padanaram. It was now very clear to Esau that his father did not like the local Canaanite women. So Esau visited his uncle Ishmael's family and married one of Ishmael's daughters, in addition to the wives he already had. She was the sister of Nebaioth and the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. Isaac, the ground you are laying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your ancestors. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west and to the east, to the north and the south, and all families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. The next morning Jacob got up early. He took the stone he had rested his head against, and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it. He named that place Bethel, which means house of God although it was previously called Luz. 
Then Jacob made this vow, If God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. Then Jacob hurried on, finally arriving in the land of the east. He saw a well in the distance, three flocks of sheep and goats lay in an open field beside it, waiting to be watered, but a heavy stone covered the mouth of the well. It was the custom there to wait for all the flocks to arrive before removing the stone and watering the animals. Afterward, the stone would be placed back over the mouth of the well. Jacob went over to the shepherds and asked, Where are you from, my friends? We are from Haran, they answered. Do you know a man there named Laban, the grandson of Nahor? he asked. Yes, we do, they replied. Is he doing well? Jacob asked. Yes, he is well, they answered. Look, here comes his daughter Rachel with the flock now. Jacob said, Look, it is still broad daylight, too early to round up the animals. Why don't you water the sheep and goats so they can get back out to pasture? We can't water the animals until all the flocks have arrived, they replied. Then the shepherds moved the stone from the mouth of the well, and we watered all the sheep and goats. Jacob was still talking with them when Rachel arrived with her father's flock, for she was a shepherd. And because Rachel was his cousin, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and because the sheep and goats belonged to his uncle Laban, Jacob went over to the well and moved the stone from its mouth and watered his uncle's flock. Then Jacob kissed Rachel, and he wept aloud. He explained to Rachel that he was her cousin on his father's side, and son of her aunt Rebekah. So Rachel quickly ran and told her father Laban. As soon as Laban heard his nephew Jacob had arrived, he ran out to meet him. He embraced and kissed him and brought him home. When Jacob had told him his story, Laban exclaimed, You really are my own flesh and blood. After Jacob had stayed with Laban for about a month, Laban said to him, You shouldn't work for me without pay just because we are relatives. Tell me how much your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah, and the younger one was Rachel. There was no sparkle in Leah's eyes, but Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for you for seven years if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Agreed, Laban replied. I'd rather give her to you than anyone else. Stay and work with me. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Finally, the time came for him to marry her. I have fulfilled my agreement, Jacob said to Laban. Now give me my wife so I can sleep with her. So Laban invited everyone in the neighborhood and prepared a wedding feast. But that night, when it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob and he slept with her. Laban had given Leah a servant, Zilpha, to be her maid. But when Jacob woke up in the morning, it was Leah. What have you done to me? Jacob raged at Laban. I worked seven years for Rachel. Why have you tricked me? It is not our custom here to marry off a younger daughter ahead of the firstborn, Laban replied. Laban replied, but wait until the bridal week is over, then we'll give you Rachel, too, provided you promise to work another seven years for me. So Jacob agreed to work seven more years. A week after Jacob had married Leah, Laban gave him Rachel, too. 
Laban gave Rachel a servant, Bilhah, to be her maid. So Jacob slept with Rachel too, and he loved her much more than Leah. Then he stayed and worked for Laban the additional seven years. So Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, The Lord has noticed my misery, and now my husband will love me. Soon she became pregnant again and gave birth to another son. She named him Simeon, for she said, The Lord heard that I was unloved and has given me another son. Then she became pregnant a third time and gave birth to another son. He was named Levi, for she said, Surely this time my husband will feel affection for me, since I have given him three sons. Once again Leah became pregnant and gave birth to another son. She named him Judah. For she said, Now I will praise the Lord. And then she stopped having children. When Rachel saw that she wasn't having any children for Jacob, she became jealous of her sister. She pleaded with Jacob, Give me children, or I'll die. Jacob became furious with Rachel. Am I God? he asked. He's the one who has kept you from having children. Then Rachel told him, Take my maid Bilhah and sleep with her. She will bear children for me, and through her I can have a family too. So Rachel gave her servant Bilhah to Jacob as a wife, and he slept with her. Bilhah became pregnant and presented him with a son. Rachel named him Dan, for she said, God has vindicated me. He has heard my request and given me a son. Then Bilhah became pregnant again and gave Jacob a second son. Rachel named him Naphtali, for she said, I have struggled hard with my sister and I am winning. Meanwhile, Leah realized that she wasn't getting pregnant anymore. So she took her servant Zilpha and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Soon Zilpha presented him with a son. Leah named him Gad, for she said, How fortunate I am. Then Zilpha gave Jacob a second son, and Leah named him Asher, for she said, What joy is mine. Now the other women will celebrate me. One day during the wheat harvest, Reuben found some mandrakes growing in a field and brought them to his mother Leah. Rachel begged Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But Leah angrily replied, wasn't it enough that you stole my husband? Now will you steal my son's mandrakes too? Rachel answered, I will let Jacob sleep with you tonight if you give me some of the mandrakes. So that evening, as Jacob was coming home from the fields, Leah went out to meet him. You must come and sleep with me tonight, she said. I have paid for you with some mandrakes that my son found. So that night he slept with Leah, and God answered Leah's prayers. She became pregnant again and gave birth to a fifth son for Jacob. She named him Iskar, for she said, God has rewarded me for giving my servant to my husband as a wife. Then Leah became pregnant again and gave birth to a sixth son for Jacob. She named him Zebulun, for she said, God has given me a good reward. Now my husband will treat me with respect, for I have given him six sons. Later, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. God remembered Rachel's plight and answered her prayers by enabling her to have children. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. God has removed my disgrace, she said, and she named him Joseph, for she said, May the Lord add yet another son to my family. Soon after Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Please release me so I can go home to my own country. Let me take my wives and children, for I have earned them by serving you, and let me be on my way. You certainly know how hard I have worked for you. Please listen to me, Laban said. I have become wealthy, for the Lord has blessed me because of you. 
Tell me how much I owe you. Whatever it is, I'll pay it. Jacob replied, You know how hard I've worked for you, and how your flocks and herds have grown under my care. You had little indeed before I came, but your wealth has increased enormously. The Lord has blessed you through everything I've done, but now what about me? When can I start providing for my own family? What wage do you want? Laban asked again. Jacob replied, Don't give me anything. Just do this one thing, and I'll continue to tend and watch over your flocks. Let me inspect your flocks today and remove all the sheep and goats that are speckled or spotted, along with all the black sheep. Give these to me as my wages. In the future, when you check on the animals you have given me as my wages, you'll see that I have been honest. If you find in my flock any goats without speckles or spots, or any sheep that are not black, you will know that I have stolen them from you. All right, Laban replied, it will be as you say. But that very day, Laban went out and removed the male goats that were speckled and spotted, all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, and had white patches, and all the black sheep. He placed them in the care of his own sons, who took them a three days' journey from where Jacob was. Meanwhile, Jacob stayed and cared for the rest of Laban's flock. Then Jacob took some fresh branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees, and peeled off strips of bark, making white streaks on them. Then he placed the peeled branches in the watering trough where the flocks came to drink for that was where they mated and when they mated in front of the white streaked branches they gave birth to young that were streaked speckled and spotted jacob separated those lambs from laban's flock and at mating time he turned the flock to face laban's animals that were streaked and black this is how he built his own flock instead of increasing Laban's. Whenever the stronger females were ready to mate, Jacob would place the peeled branches on the watering troughs in front of them. Then they would mate in front of the branches. But he didn't do this with the weaker ones, so the weaker lambs belonged to Laban, and the stronger ones were Jacob's. As a result, Jacob became very wealthy with large flocks of sheep and goats, female and male servants, and many camels and donkeys. Scripture reading by Emily Herrera. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, Jacob becomes Israel. <laughs>